Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Rewatchability. This is a podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see how they hold up in 2019. That's the that's the year we're in, Rob. Good job, Blaine. <laughs> I got it right. <laughs> I'm still saying 2018 on my podcast. <laughs> uh, my name is Blaine Waters, and with me as always is... Blaze! What? Blaze? Yeah, I thought I'd have like a firefighter name. You, just, you have like an American gladiator name, Blaze. It, it works for many things. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Laurent is your name. That's correct. And this week we're going to talk about a fiery, hot movie that no one talks about anymore but backdraft backdraft well that's the thing about backdraft it doesn't seem hot but then you open that door and man you're on fire looks like it's gone but then it comes back and i think we're gonna light the podcast world on fire with this episode god that's so violent that's me letting the fire okay i thought you were just blowing into the microphone to test it Either or. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that in a second, but we want to thank our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for giving us one, three, five dollars a month. Mm-hmm. You light our fire. You keep our smoke detectors beeping. That's also good. Okay. Good safety advice. There you go. Check your smoke detectors and your CO two alarms. You is know that what it is or as, C- carbon, carbon monoxide. There you go. Yeah, I'm getting mixed up. Yeah, CO two is carbon dioxide. Yeah, yeah. you can breathe that shit out. <laughs> exactly. So thank you so much for going to patreon.com slash rewatchability and donating there. You get the podcast early. Mm-hmm. You get the podcast. Ad-free. Without ads, you get uh, some bonus podcasts every once in a while, a whole hour of just bonus material. Yeah. So thank you for doing that. And if you want to and you haven't, you can go to pa- patreon.com slash rewatchability and do that now. And honor the heroes <laughs> of rewatchability. <laughs> okay, okay. Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> or firefighting equipment. No. Some of them wear, I mean, you're wearing like a cardigan. Yeah, I'm gonna, it's hot in here. I'm gonna have to take it off. I've got second. Kleenex boxes on my feet. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I want to tell you to clip your nails, too. They've just grown Not so long. Okay. Howard Hughes over here. Um, so, Rob, when did you first see Backdraft? Well, I saw this movie when I was very young, and I have a very distinct memory about it because I remember watching this movie. I mean, first of all, I should say that my grandpa was a firefighter. Whoa, really? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think he worked dispatch, but I actually... Here, let me... Rob is walking away from like, oh, wow. I brought his fireman's badge. Haley Burry. Yeah, it's the town where I'm from. Wow, fire department. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So I have like, you know, I felt like I had a connection to this movie. And, you know, my dad obviously had a connection to this movie. And so... I remember watching it with him. I think he he rented it one weekend, and we watched it. And I remember being traumatized. <laughs> was was your grandfather still alive at the time? No, he okay. passed away. So oh, he passed away. So. Yeah. yeah, but he was like you know very much like I only knew him for a couple of years, but he was very much like that's how I identified him in my mind. Like yeah, he, was he was a, a fireman. He like right. gave me a fire truck. When I was a little boy, there was pictures of me, like, at the fire station, like, in the fire truck with him and my dad. Really? Do you have those pictures? Can we put it up on the... I, yeah, Facebook? maybe if I if I find them, but uh, <laughs> I want to see them. My That's belly is sticking out of all of them. So. Oh, okay, yeah, so. not not your best angle, not, which is you know. it is actually my best angle. <laughs> right, right on, straight on. <laughs> um, That's really cool. So I I never knew anyone that like had a job that a kid would recognize. Like, yeah, as a kid, like firefighter, or police woman, or or doctor, or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I, it sure beats podcaster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody says they want to grow up to be a podcaster. Going into like your kid's kindergarten class, being like, I sit in a room. <laughs> it's pretty hot. The teacher's like, that's not a real job, children. <laughs> Please don't follow in this person's footsteps. But, you know, firefighter isn't a real job now. For a lot of places, it's all volunteer, right? There's not a lot of professional firefighters out there. I'm sure there are some in still big urban centers, mm-hmm. but I know the fire department that my grandpa worked for is all volunteer now. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. Volunteering to jump into a fire. Yeah. Who's going to trust volunteers to save you? <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen volunteers at anything at a film festival? They're fucking useless. <laughs> They're like, ah, maybe we should go ask the real firefighter. I don't know. There's a guy above my pay grade. Is anybody over... being paid to do this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the you have to pay the firefighters to put out your fire. Like it, that used to be the way back right. in the day. Yeah, they show that in Gangs of New York. Right. There's yeah. like this big scene where all the f- different fire companies are are competing. Yeah. So I, I guess I've always had a, a fascination with fire. Did did <laughs> wait wait <laughs> with firefighting or yes? With, hey, which side are you on, man? Okay, I'm torn. <laughs> on one hand, like I feel like I should be like living up to my grandpa's legacy and promoting right. fire safety. Yeah. On the other hand, no, no, I just want to watch everything burn. <laughs> <laughs> put away the lighter. She's you don't. <laughs> you can put that sound effect in. Later, you don't have to light the microphone. Well, I just thought to like you know fire. create some urgency for this podcast. We might light a fire and see if we can finish it before the you're building a, burns down. You're a goddamn maverick today. <laughs> you're out of control. Um, did when you were traumatized by the by the movie? Were you traumatized because you knew about firefighting from your grandfather, or did it traumatize you just beyond that? No, the reason why I was traumatized is because there's a scene where we see charred bodies. And they look like over-barbecued hot dogs. And that just ruined hot dogs for you? 
It fucking ruined hot dogs for me. <laughs> well, not ruined them for me because I still eat a lot of hot dogs. <laughs> and it by is... the way, it is not a sandwich, you fuckers. <laughs> but I mean, there was something about like the way the skin was all like you know brown and like crispy, and you yeah. know it stuck with me. And I'm like, that's the yeah. thing that I kept on thinking about. So when we when you suggested watching this movie, right? That's I, why you cried. That's why I cried. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I get it now. And then try to self-emulate. <laughs> oh, God. Um, well, that's more than I ever needed to know about. What about you? When did you see this uh, movie? I saw it when I was younger, too. My mom I loved this movie. And like most movies, when I was young, my mom showed them to me. And Why? Th- Why, pray tell? Was there a dreamy... Well, I think... Did your mom have like a Baldwin thing too? And she was like, yeah, it's not Alec, but it'll do. I'll take any Baldwin brother or cousin. No, I think it might have been the Kurt Russell of it. I don't know. I think it was also... This was the first movie I remember her kind of going through with me and being like, look at that turning point and look at that twist. And isn't that fun? And I remember thinking that and being like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I want to I wow. do that. That's really nice. Yeah, so maybe this movie like helped start me down the writing path. Your I don't mom know. was your first writing teacher. Yeah, I guess I guess she was. Wow. Yeah, she didn't teach you about fire safety. I think I learned a lot about fire safety after this movie too. I remember her getting like replacing all our fire things and like the fire things, like all our fire starters. No, uh, the the smoke detectors right. and the fire extinguishers. Do stuff. you remember the phrase "stop, drop, and panic"? <laughs> that was, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> flight or fight or freeze, yeah. But did you remember about backdrafts? Because I remember after we saw this movie, my dad taught me about backdrafts. He's like, yeah, if, you know, if the door is hot and you open it, then the fire is going to come in. So you have Yeah, to I remember, it. like, testing the handle. Yeah. Yeah, I remember having to test the handle. And then also, like, if there's smoke, get low and get out. Yeah. And that's what I remember as a kid. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Did you do, like, a lot of safety stuff as a kid? Yeah, I mean, it seemed like they always thought that fires were going to kill us, but... Uh... <laughs> right, it was just life. It was just life that was slowly going to chip away. Yeah, and now I don't think I've had any, like, real fire emergencies that I can think of. Have you, what about you, have you almost burnt down your house? Yeah, one of my sisters lit a fire in my in my kitchen. By accident? Uh, no. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think she was mad uh, at something like a, a punishment my mom doled out for like trying to skip out of the house late at night. And she took the tablecloth and, and, uh, and lit wow. it on fire. I remember like running to my neighbors and being like, my house is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the neighbors being like. Oh, Blaine. And the, and the neighbors being yeah, totally overreacting as a kid. You and your story. <laughs> The turning point. Yeah, exactly. Great imagination. And they were like, "Well, phone the police." I remember them saying. And then mm-hmm. I and then I went back, and she had put it out because <laughs> she. I think she realized like she like went too far. She was like, "Oh fuck, we're all gonna die." So yeah. And then I, yeah. And then when I was a kid, I you know, I lit something on fire too. What do you mean? I like. I was. Wait, like, are you confessing to a crime here? Okay, so let's think about all the big fires that there's been in the <laughs> in the city with right. fatalities. Which no, ones hey, are you taking responsibility hey, for? No, I'm not taking responsibility. But I was a kid and I was like lighting matches on fire and and I I was throwing them into the water and one of them caught on some grass next to the water and uh, and and it went up and the fire trucks were were called. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not, no. Oh my God, you're a literal firebomb. Yeah, I was. Oh God, it's really embarrassing. I uh, I was a little kid, and and we were doing that, 
And I remember running back uh, to my mom and being like, oh, my God, Mom, we set the forest on fire. It was down by the train tracks. And um, and, and the community really came Didn't together. It was Bambi? <laughs> it's horrific for those animals. Well, look, like the uh, I, the the swamp kind of caught on fire, and everyone from the buildings came out and with buckets, and they were putting the fire out. And the fire engines were called, and I was like in tears, inconsolable. I was... <laughs> on the cover of Life magazine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're gonna get to the movie, I promise. And I, I remember the firefighter talking to me and being like, "You shouldn't do that." And I was just like weeping. Uh, and then he was like, I'm "Sorry, William Baldwin." <laughs> <laughs> he was like looking at me all dreamy, and I was like, "Oh no, I let Can a you hero put your down. shirt back on." <laughs> <laughs> it's just distracting. It's very from the moral of your story. You're very glistening, and I don't. It's, <laughs> um, so he took me down the track, Stephen Baldwin, and he and he was like, "Look, kid, I, I'm sorry for yelling at you. I have to yell at you in front of the other firefighters, but." Uh, the, the swamp is going to grow back even taller. Like, we sometimes do controlled burning on forests. That's like, true. get them to burn, you know, grow back bigger. And, yeah. and so, you, you know, you did like what nature does sometimes. You just should never do it again. I was like, oh, okay, okay. I was so sorry. And he's like, I was like, you know, it's all right. And then in the paper, these teens were blamed for it. So, <laughs> so. teens. Yeah. yeah. You're scapegoating the teens. They yeah. did nothing. Because the teens came to watch it and they were like smoking and had their lighters out, like you. And Whoa. the and the paper was like, these teens set the forest on fire by smoking near the tracks. <laughs> Some guy just made the story up. Wow. So, yeah. Now they have to print a correction. <laughs> a full exactly. retraction. They have to do Clear that. those teens. <laughs> their whole lives have been ruined. They're pyromaniacs. All right. Let's get into the rundown or the stop, drop, and roll of this of this movie. Rob, take it away. Okay. So it starts in Chicago. It's 1971. Bell bottoms. Hippies. <laughs> okay, great. There's a suspiciously Opie-esque kid <laughs> visiting his dad at the fire hall. His dad's a firefighter played by... Kurt Russell. Yeah, confusing. I was like, Kurt Russell? Well, we don't know it's confusing yet. (laughs) Right now, we just know that Kurt Russell is a hell of a dad with a hell of a stash. Oh, yeah. He has preened that stash. He has like an older brother, but when there's a fire at David Crosby's house, probably fell asleep with a joint. (laughs) You know who David Crosby is, right? Uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And Young. Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes. Okay. When they can get him along. Yeah, not forever young. All right. <laughs> but they go there, and he gets to watch his dad being a hero and saving lives at this fire. Yeah, the dad comes out with, like, a person in his arms. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, he's like, that's my dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, His voice hasn't dropped yet. He's so proud of him. Mm-hmm. He's like, better than that Andy Griffith fuck. Yeah, but the kid is in the middle of everyone running by. I was like, come on, kid, just, like, step back a little bit. Yeah. It does seem a little bit dangerous to just be bringing these kids to this fire. (laughs) Yeah. It's like bring your kids to work day. It's like, come on in with me, kid. (laughs) It's like your dad works for the SWAT team. (laughs) Right, exactly. Hands you an AR-17. Here you go. So it's just a standard hostage situation. Just follow along. (laughs) Headshots. We're going for headshots, kid. Yeah. But something goes wrong, and he sort of notices. Mm-hmm. He sort of sees the fire doing something weird. Well, the music helps him notice. Well, some classic Zimmer. Yeah. And a real Zimmer. <laughs> and he witnesses his dad being blown away by the fire. Yeah. Really then, impressed by the fire. Oh, you mean blown up. 
Yeah. Yeah, okay. He's exploded. He's exploded. And it's like fireman's hat falls to the ground in <laughs> slow know. motion. Like, what a shot. Like, this fire should play golf. Like, <laughs> the, the helmet, like, lands right in front of the kid. Yeah. Yeah. And then some enterprising reporter goes by and goes, click, click, click. Yeah, He's that's like, right. You're on Life Magazine, kid. That's right. And that's literally, like, the transition is him <laughs> being on Life Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> Person of the year, crying child. <laughs> He did so much for crying children everywhere. <laughs> well, he brought a lot of visibility <laughs> to his own Children, tears. they're sad when they lose their dads. What's up with that? Yeah, who knows? Let's go to psychologists. <laughs> <laughs> now, you would think that after seeing his dad killed in a fire, this kid's going to stay far away from firefighting. Yeah, maybe he becomes a, 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 a boatswain. A boatswain? I don't know. Is that a thing? Or a less successful actor. <laughs> But instead, we see him grown up. He's played by William Baldwin now, Mm -hmm. the most available of the Baldwins. (laughs) And his his features are so chiseled. He looks like he's been made out of stone, that man. Well, that was late 80s, early 90s Baldwins. Yeah. I mean, peak Baldwins. Peak Baldwin was, it was hot. Yeah, it was. He started all the fires in this movie. (laughs) Well, maybe not. He started them. Let's say his brother started them, and he came along. (laughs) But he just graduated the academy, and he's had some trouble with his career. Like he quit the academy once before. Yep. You know, maybe something got to him. He has some sort of trauma. Who knows? Yeah, we're all filled in. Like the bartender is nice exposition here. He's like, "What's? Let's see what cards I have." You hey, me- catering. You were a mechanic. You were, a, I don't know, kindergarten teacher. You're never going to be anything. Is the point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've had all these careers. You're never going to be anything. You really trying this fireman thing again? Quitting the academy once wasn't good enough, huh? In the blood, Willie. Is that right? Hey, hold on a second. I'm talking to the fire chief here. Well, let's take a look and see what else was in your blood, huh? I always look forward to getting these. Oh, you held on to those, huh? 17! Oh! I got 17! Aspen Snowmobile Tours, Brian McCaffrey, Assistant Director Sales. You know for the kind of growth and challenge I need. Uh Uh-huh. Cattle drive, mobile log cabins. That was in your blood, what, about six months? Oh, it sucks. Brian Sound Spectrum, direct high-end stereo sales. This is your own company. It's a big step, huh? I was ahead of my time, wasn't <laughs> But he has managed to pass his thing, and he's bribed uh, a station captain with a case of scotch to get him his, like, you know, Very nice. assignment. Yep. Except he finds out that his brother has pulled some strings and got him assigned against his will yep. to his brother's station. His brother played by his father. Yeah. Which is <laughs> Kurt Russell again. Dave Baldwin. <laughs> no, Kurt Russell just shaves his mustache and he's like, now I'm playing my own son. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, as you said before, a little bit confusing. Yeah. It was weird because at the start in the station when like he's playing his dad, you don't quite see his face. You're like, great. Okay. So mm-hmm. I kind of get like a Russell vibe here, but it's not quite Kurt Russell because we're seeing his face through masks and all that stuff. Right. And then they just show his face. They just like, show his Ron face. Howard, you did so well until you didn't. Well, maybe it was something like with test audiences. They were like, we need the dad to be Kurt Russell, too. <laughs> I really want to see that stash. Yeah. Yeah. But it is sort of an interesting effect because it does sort of make, like, the older brother, like, 
the real brother. Oh, exactly. And, right? and, and Baldwin, the, the black sheep of the family. Yeah, he has to act like he's a lesser sibling. <laughs> yeah. Which has got to be tough. It's got to be hard to do. He has no practice with that. No. Which is hard. No. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he also looks nothing like Kar- I feel like he was adopted. He, he looks nothing yeah, like the that Baldwins. Family. From the Baldwins. He's like, we have too many of these kids. Take yeah. one, please. Exactly. Maybe as a Russell, you can do better. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. He also has some history with Jennifer Jason Lee, who plays a woman who works for the Alderman. Mm-hmm. I think his name is Patrick Swayze or something. Swayzak. 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 Yeah. yeah. He's played by J.T. Walsh, and he's kind of he's kind of the antagonist of this. One of the antagonists of this because he's he's bankrupted basically the fire department. So yeah, there have been they say, which is like crazy. They said there's been two deaths because they were like undermanned at the station. Yeah. That that I feel like there's an investigation warranted here that doesn't happen. Firefighters know. <laughs> it's a firefighter's instinct, which is never wrong. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Hey, good phrase. Yeah, you there you go. Trademark that. <laughs> Put a TM on it. <laughs> yeah, and and she's working for him. The Kurt Russell also has an estranged wife with uh, Rebecca De Mornay. Yeah, that's right. And he has this kid that he's trying to like. He's trying to be his, you know, a Kurt Russell to this kid. Yeah. 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 Confusing. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. I, I like that part with the estranged dad. It, like, mm. got me in the feels. <laughs> God. Because you, like... Tell oh, me the, more. The part where they... Way later in the movie, you know, yeah. he comes home and him and his wife hook up again and have some sex. Yeah, yeah. But then the next morning, he's downstairs making... Helping the kid make breakfast, and he's putting fucking jam in the eggs. Like, that's what happens when you don't... <laughs> Have a father to guide you. You put fucking jam and eggs. Hey, the, the father was guiding. He was, he was like, yeah, sure, put the jam in. He because was just, he wasn't there before. He's just trying to be his, this kid's friend now. He's trying to be like experiment. Have fun. But but the, but the wife is, you know, she's like, it. oh, I don't want to confuse him. Which is, I mean, that's yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. But also, it's, it's so sad though. It's heartbreaking. He just wants normalcy again. Yeah, I just want my kids back. Yeah, well, this movie's, like, all about family and legacy and brotherhood and father-son relationships and all of that. Like, it's all sort of woven into the text and also into the casting, which we'll talk about later. Mm -hmm. But so, Brian, that's the William Baldwin character, he gets a rough start to his firefighting because he's late the first day after his brother tells him not to be late. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And his brother, like, is riding him extra hard as well all through the thing. But so it's the first fire that he is on. He has to, like, jump on the truck to get there. Mm-hmm. And he sort of goes in, and his brother tells him to sit by the standpipe or something like that, except he hears a yell. Right. And goes to try to help whoever made this noise. He he's grabs like, the woman. He's getting in there, and he goes through the smoke, and he grabs this figure, and he, like, pulls her out. Yeah. And uh, it turns out that... Uh, it's a mannequin. I love that. Like, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. He, he's like, ah, oh, I got the black soot all over his face. He turns around, and he's like, will she make it? And they're like, I don't know. Will she? And they bring her up, and it's like, take the wig off her, and it's a mannequin. Yeah. It's pretty great. It's a pretty funny moment. Yeah. And it really undercuts everything this, like, our main character is trying to do. And they're making fun of him, but he saved Kim Cattrall's life. <laughs> Wait, what? She was the mannequin in Mannequin. Oh, eh? I see what you're... Okay, eh? okay, good. Mannequins, they come to life. <laughs> you just have to put a hat on that shit. That's some today's special yeah, stuff. Yeah, Jeff, I like it. 
Oh, speaking of today's special. Yeah. <clears throat> today's special is inexplicably referenced in The Leftovers. And right. guess who from The Leftovers is in this movie? Justin Thoreau's dad. Justin Thoreau's dad is in this movie? Yeah, that's right. He plays Axe. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and he's like the grizzled firefighter who like knew their dad, who like, you know, really raised the kids. Oh, that guy plays Justin Thoreau. Oh, is okay. In the leftovers he plays Justin Thoreau's dad. Yeah. And he's in this. Yeah, for sure. I thought you meant actually Justin Thoreau's dad. No. <laughs> Well, there's a, there's a there's some weird people in this movie that I can like, see how that would be confusing. Are not actors, so. but he is great in the leftovers. He's amazing in the leftovers. And I was like, who is this guy? His yeah. name is Scott Glenn. Sounds like yeah. a fucking astronaut. I know. Well, yeah, <laughs> the exact same name as an astronaut. Yeah, yeah, he's there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but so William Baldwin sucks at firefighting. And he gets, like, in a big fight, and he, like, quits uh, his brother's station Mm. to go work with Robert De Niro. Yeah, who plays, like, a fire, like an arson investigator, and he, like, talks to the fire. Yeah, he's, like, the fire whisperer. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. He's, Uh, like, Shadow is his, like, nickname, they call him. Yeah. Or that's what the fire bug calls him. There's also this, like, fire (laughs) bug. bug. They all have, like, fire nicknames. It's so funny. Well, I, the barbecue. No, I mean like firebug is a term for somebody who enjoys lighting fires. Yeah, I don't for know sure. if that's his like Do- Donald Sutherland. Yeah. Yeah. The great Donald Sutherland. Yeah, Kiefer's dad. That's right. Mm-hmm. A dad. <laughs> Another dad. This is all about dads. Yeah. And he he's like kind of out of it. He started a fire in which Robert De Niro was caught and had his whole kind of back burned. Yeah, he was like a serial arsonist, and he was responsible for Brian's father's death and everything else. But there's like a parole hearing Mm -hmm. where it looks like it looks like everything's going okay at first. Like he might, in fact, get out. And Mm -hmm. in fact, they think that whoever is lighting these fires is sort of imitating this guy. So that's why they're sort of interested in him again. But they do this parole hearing, and it seems like he's going to get out. Until Robert De Niro sort of triggers his pyromaniac tendencies. Remember this, Ronald? Remember who it belonged to? What did you do to that little girl, Ronald? That's not fair, Shadow. What did you do to that little girl, Ronald? I burned her. You burned her. What do you do to old ladies, Ronald? And what about the world, Ronald? What would you like to do to the whole world? Burn it all. <laughs> yeah, it, this kind of feels mean. To be, like, I know that he has some instabilities, but he's done. Like, you know, his psychiatrist is even saying he paid his dues. And then Robert De Niro is like pushing him. He's like, "Hey, man, what do you want to do with this fire? Want to want to do some things with this fire?" I don't know. I feel like he's tempting him a little bit. Look, if all it takes to turn this guy back into the fiery side is like some mid-career Robert De Niro haranguing, then that is not safe enough. Yeah, he could never watch a movie. That guy's yeah. not ready. <laughs> okay. He could be watching Analyze This burn down the whole block. Well, who wouldn't after watching Analyze This? Or Analyze That. Oh, especially that. So Brian starts working with Robert De Niro and yep. investigating the series of fires that has been striking. All through this movie, we've seen people, just random people, 
they'll walk up to their homes. Everything seems quiet. Everything seems cool. And then they'll open up the door, and it's like, bam! It's like a hot day at the dynamite factory. It's yeah. like, backdraft! <laughs> it's the biggest Hollywood explosion ever. Like, yeah. every fire in this movie is, like, the biggest fire. Well, I know. And all the fires have, like, a lion roar in them. It's like, whoa! <laughs> like, screams towards people. An eagle screams by. It's like the sound effects are yeah, from Jurassic Park. It's fire. probably the fires played by Frank Welker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And they've been, like, burned to a crisp immediately, thrown into the windows of their cars. Mm -hmm. And the backdraft gets sucked back because there's no more oxygen to feed it. And And it goes out. And it goes out. Yeah. And so they discover, Jennifer Jason Lee discovers, they sort of put together that all the guys who were killed were sort of involved in putting together this plan to short the fire department. Yeah. And... They, they really hate fire departments. Well, along with the aldermen, what they've been doing is they've been, apparently, closing down these stations and then building, get this, community centers. <laughs> How dare they? Those fucking monsters. Uh, kids don't need places to go. They have drugs. And lighting fires. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> but I, I guess the thing is is that like his friends will get the contracts to build these community centers and do the renovations, and then they'll right. funnel them the money so it's a big scam Mm -hmm. and they've been cutting down the fire department budget and that's why these firefighters have been dying yeah and we discover that through the fire bug uh, Stephen Baldwin discovers that the fires have been lit using this one chemical yeah and so he goes to his brother's boat who's been fixing up and he finds the chemical on the boat and he's like oh shit yeah my brother might be the one setting all these fires and then there's a fire because there's always a fire. There's always there's a fire. Like, there's, there's 27 fires in, in the city in like three days. Firemen's always got to be on call, just yeah. like a podcaster. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Somebody might need us to run down Johnny Dangerously. <laughs> I hope not. It could oh, happen. God. Oh, God, please. Please not Johnny Dangerously. So they go to the fire, and what happens is Stephen Baldwin was attacked by the by this guy who's been lighting the fires and got him in the shoulder with a light socket that was on fire. Yeah, well, they went to the alderman's place, and yeah. he, like, you know, basically stopped the alderman from being killed by, like, attacking this guy. Yeah. And, yeah, and he, rec- he sees at the fire station when Scott Glenn is taken off his shirt that the guy has— a full-on fucking electrical socket branded onto his shoulder. Yeah, I know. That's an interesting tattoo. Yeah, it's weird that you put arrows around it, too. That's <laughs> that's fun. I would bandage that shit. I know. It's like three hours later. Yeah. Anyway, so but, he knows that this guy has done it. Axe. Yeah, and Axe knows that they know, too. But right. they still go to the fire together. Yeah, I know. And they're explaining all, like all their motivations in the fire as the building burns, which I'm like, guys, just later, just let, fight the fire, and then later talk about it. Yeah, you know? go for go to that fireman's bar. Put that a seems pin like in a it. Lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. they do that, and then the fire, the roof crumbles, and they fall, and Kurt Russell and Axe fall, plummet. Yeah. Well, and then he's like holding them. He's like falling and holding and he's got him and he's like you know let me go but he, right. then echoing back to an earlier point in the movie yeah he's like if you go we go with you even though there's only one of him yeah and but it's like also it's nice. he murdered a bunch of people <laughs> and he also yeah. lit that like a lot of people already fire. went with him you know so let's just let him go i would say let him go at this point yeah 
but he doesn't. But, but he's his captain, right? He's like the fire, the fire chief, and this is his like underling. Right, to take care of his own. Couldn't you? I don't know, do like a really quick disciplinary hearing or something? (laughs) Really quick in the fire. Yeah. (laughs) I revoke your firefighter status. Now burn! (laughs) But they both fall. The bad guy falls into the fire, and Kurt Russell falls beside it, which, is you know, that's lucky. Yeah, it's lucky. And then Stephen Baldwin jumps in and gets the hose and takes the whole fire down. Yeah, he saves the day. He makes his brother proud, Mm -hmm. and as they're taking him away, he's like, that's my brother. (laughs) Which is very... Very nice. But then he dies on the way to the hospital in the ambulance. Kurt Russell passes away, but not before he says, uh, don't tell him about the whole firefighter was killing those people thing. Yeah, they bury the evidence so hard. What is that shit? <laughs> Why is that the end of the movie? That they're like, oh, yeah, we're all good guys. No, no, no. This is like the thin red line here. We're not going to like... That's exactly what it is. It's horrible. Yeah. And then they have this firefighter's funeral. Like, they're all marching down the streets. There's nobody on them. But they're all marching down the streets. There's like like hundreds of people. There's like pipers and people in skirts. And and then they, at the funeral service, they honor both the firefighters, including the guy who killed a whole bunch of people. I know. And the guy who covered it up. What is that shit, Ron Howard? <laughs> That's not good, Ron that Howard. That is some questionable morality. Jesus. Like, you know, I think if the politicians should take responsibility for what they've done for their contribution to these firefighters, that right. shouldn't the firefighters take responsibility? Well, yeah, because the, one of the firefighters died as a, re, as a result of this firefighter lighting the fires. But that just makes me I wonder. fire way too much. Are all fires lit by firefighters? That's keeping themselves in business. It's it's like chiropractors. Yeah. You know? And have you They noticed, go around just with a lead pipe at night. It's awful. Have you noticed modern firefighters don't even do that much firefighter firefighting? It's mostly posing for calendars. I know. That's their main that's how they get the money. It's not from like <laughs> getting people to pay them to put out fires anymore. That seems like a conflict of interest. Yeah, I think so. Or something. Anyway, so. that's well, backdraft. That's backdraft. Burn through it. <laughs> and we're going to come back for some hot behind the scenes and trivia after this break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Rewatchability. We're talking backdraft here. And we're going to go. Can I smoke in here? You can't. No, don't. Put the lighter away again. You almost started a fire last time, and I do not have an extinguisher. (laughs) Hey, yeah, I'm sort of wondering where the fire exits are in this studio. (laughs) There's one, and it's behind a heavy, heavy curtain. Okay? So Uh, we have to find it through all these black curtains. uh, (laughs) Getting nervous. So, okay. I'm going to give you some trivia. Okay. You're gonna. I feel like you're better trivia than I am, but we're we're gonna see. We're gonna see what if I can stump you on this. I think the word you're looking for is smarter. Uh, nope, that's not the word. Okay, so we all know Ron Howard. 
We all know him. As, as a voiceover artist <laughs> and as a director. But he was once an actor. Oh, are you, you're blowing my mind. It's crazy. What was his first role? I feel like this is a trick question because, like, I'm going to say The Andy Griffith Show because I couldn't possibly know <laughs> anything before that. Like, I presume that whatever he did before that was vaudeville and lost to the ages. <laughs> he was a zygote doing vaudeville. You were yeah, completely right. that's right. That's actually accurate. <laughs> no, he was, his first role, he was 18 months old. Wow. Almost the youngest you can be to perform as a, as a human on an old fucking movie called Frontier Woman. You couldn't have possibly known that, but that's some nice trivia. Doesn't his dad, Rance Howard, play a firefighter in The Burbs? Oh. He's somewhere there at the end. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Okay, so you might know this as well, but which Backdraft star was a writer for Huffington Post? Well, I mean, that's not really anybody can be a writer for Huffington Post. <laughs> that's true. It's not like it's not like a, a accredited journal. I mean, like what anybody can write anything for any paper. Like the word journalist is okay. so this, this this was presidential election stuff in two thousand eight, and it was a, a, a kind of you know an amateur expert on the on the elections. Then you know what? I know he comes from a political family who is also. Politically stupid. I'm going to say William Baldwin. Oh, interesting. Surprise. It's the Canadian. Donald Sutherland. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Imagine that. Canadians care about America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We do. We do. You, you impact need to check yourself so much. before you wreck yourself. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, the smoke wafts up into, into Canada. So put yeah. out your fires, please. And smoke is more dangerous. So I'm suffocating. Another Canadian connection to this movie, one of the stars of this movie directed an episode of The Outer Limits, a Canadian show. Which which one was that? Oh, goodness. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Just him and I'm going to say William Baldwin because I know that he did – I think he moved to Canada and he's also done some other stuff here. Like he's part of that Northern Rescue show, I think. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so am I correct? You are incorrect. Fuck! Yes! I got you again. Rebecca De Mornay. Oh. Yeah. She only directed one thing in her life, and it was an episode of Better Limits. That's interesting. It's very weird. I think, like, a director dropped out, and she was in it, and they're like, we need a director. I like that show. That was a fun- That was a great show. We should rewatch that at some point. Yeah, for sure. There was some great episodes. Because I I remember liking that more than, like, the Twilight Zone that I'd seen when I was a kid. For sure. I, I, I was wrong. But I remember liking it more than that. Okay, one last question. Okay. For all the points. Yeah. This is, this is for the game show that we're doing. It's in fire the, round. This is about a game show. So, which Backdraft star won over $250,000 on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Wow. Is yeah. this, okay, for charity or for themselves? Because if it's for themselves, I'm going to say William Baldwin because he needs the money. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Very good job. That was only half my answer, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You got it from a wow. joke. Wow. Yeah, it, I'm sure it was for himself. He's a smart guy. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I mean, he's got to be smarter than Stephen Baldwin. Yeah. At least he's not making all those left-behind movies or whatever Christian baloney he does. Right. Because he's like the born-again Christian right-wing right. sort of George W. Bush kind of guy. Oh, great. Yeah, and then Alec Baldwin, of course, is 
Alec Baldwin. <laughs> if he doesn't have a daughter to yell at, then what's he doing? Well, now he can yell at Justin Bieber. <laughs> oh, why? Didn't they get married? He married Justin Bieber? His daughter. Oh, his daughter married Justin Bieber. Yeah. Oh, my God. You don't know about these celebrity marriages? No, I don't. That's what people tune in here for, to hear about celebrity <laughs> relationships. Yeah. Yeah, we're the new Perez Hilton. Okay, let's get into some behind the scenes, because this movie has like a lot of cool behind the scenes. Okay. The, the kind of way Ron Howard made this, a lot of the shots, was that he dressed cameramen up in firefighting gear and then put them into fires that they had lit in buildings. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's horrifying to me. <laughs> that's like, why would you do that? Just, just film fires like anyone else would film fires. Just don't put people in jeopardy, please. That's, that's awful. Did, did anybody get hurt in this movie? There was one person. Uh, everyone got burned. <laughs> uh, every actor got burned a little bit and had to get first aid. But Kurt Russell ran into a scene because his character takes off his mask at one point to save a young boy. Mm-hmm. And he ran into the scene to do that scene. But there's real smoke. They're lighting real things on fire for these fires. So he ran into the scene and just realized that there was nothing. It was just black smoke. And he started choking and dropped to the floor and started crawling back oh my God. to where he thought the crew was. But he was crawling further into the fire and someone had to go rescue him. So that, that's terrifying. Like this seems like a pretty unsafe set. Like as unsafe as like the Abyss set, which is like notoriously unsafe. People almost drown on that set. What? Yeah. So Why are uh, we talking about that? <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about Abyss. <laughs> I, I yeah, I wrote a whole essay on Abyss when I was in university. It's like the weirdest, ho- most horrible set. Fire and water, opposite but equally deadly. <laughs> exactly. An essay by Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> by Blaine fires. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your like Doctor Hyde? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blaine waters and Blaine fires. Yeah. <laughs> you just get like some frosted tips or something. <laughs> Go back and, like, to the one 90s. Of those, like shirts with like the flames on it. Somebody wants, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, the detective, the fire detective, was a real person, right? And he was there on set. Don to, Ringali or whatever. Yeah, Don was, Ringali, right. and he was in the movie a little bit too as an extra. And he pl- is the Robert De Niro character. Yeah, Robert De Niro, and Robert De Niro. Hey, you talking to me, fire? Looks like you're talking to me. Feeling lucky, punk? <laughs> Wait, feeling lucky? Feeling lucky, fire? <laughs> um, so Robert Nero didn't hang out with everyone else because he's a very shy person, and he spent all his nights with Dom Rimgale and his family. Oh. Yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah. Apparently, uh, they kind of got drunk after some uh, uh, dinners together with the family, and he slept over at Dom Rimgale's house, which it just seems like a nice it seems like a nice family. That's a nice story. Yeah. I, I mean, I've... I like Robert De Niro, though he hasn't done any like good movies in like a billion years. But uh, <laughs> I kind of like seeing mid-career Robert De Niro here because he wasn't wasn't bad, mm-hmm. you know. He wasn't doing all like the meet the parents face. He only yeah, did yeah. that once. Yeah, and it was because fire. He was like, right. mm. yeah, yeah. He got like some smoke in his eyes. <laughs> like, mm, hey, oh. but he's also not like I need to be the star of the show. No, because he no. isn't. He isn't. I thought he did really well in this movie. Yeah. He 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 did awesome. Oh, Marty was acting a little strange. He's right. The residue. Holcomb is the third victim. 
Backdraft was set up somewhere in there. Fried Holcomb when he opened the inner door. Put the outer door held on and waited for Tim. In a word, Brian, what is this job all about? Fire. Who but, else? But, you know, I have to question, like, some of this fire whisperer stuff. Yeah. Because there's this thing that we've found since the 1990s called science. <laughs> right. Okay. And I, like, I've actually read an article. There is a very famous case about a guy who it seems like was wrongfully executed because of the testimony of a so-called fire whisperer. Whoa. Executed? Yeah. Like by executors in Jesus. the government. They, God damn. Yeah, that's right. Because apparently like states, a lot of this to get one of these licenses, it's like a, you know, a six hour course and you pay like $65 or right. something like that. Yeah. And they found that basically like there's no real scientific expertise that a lot of these people had. And they were sort of going by like instinct. And there's a lot of that in this movie too, where they're like, you know, you got to feel, feel the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't actually feel the fire though. That'll burn you. But uh, you got to feel it. You got to be the fire, but don't actually be the fire because then you're dead. <laughs> then you're on fire. You're combusted. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow, I didn't know that there was so little training. I thought they had to be firefighters and then they go into this. I mean, maybe this is portraying something slightly different yeah. or maybe this character has more expertise. And I certainly don't want to besmirch Dom Ringle since he seems like a nice guy. But Yeah, uh, he, put, he puts people up at his home. You know, well, some fire investigators put people into the... Gas chamber. God. Yeah, because they have as much schooling as like a chiropractor. Basically. All right. And are also fake. <laughs> and are also fake. Who, there was another person that went out for the role of the main character role. Did you read about this? Well, I read that Alec Baldwin was offered the role. <laughs> and really? he was and like. turned it down? Yeah, and he turned it down. I'm not going to take the role. <laughs> <laughs> he had something else going on, maybe yeah. a Beetlejuice or something like that. Yeah. And so he suggested that his brother get it. Mm. Daniel Baldwin. No. <laughs> no, he suggested William Baldwin. He's like, I think I have another brother around here. Let me see. Uh, Stephen's off doing the usual suspects. <laughs> another person that was there for the role was Brad Pitt. Oh. And uh, and Baldwin was chosen over Pitt. Right. And uh, and so Pitt went to do... Thelma and Louise. Exactly. Which is was originally supposed to be Baldwin. Oh, William. interesting. Yeah. Interesting. All worked the, out The well. Baldwins and Pitts exchanging roles. Can you imagine how the world would be different if Brad Pitt hadn't been in Thelma and Louise? Brad Pitt does <laughs> not become a sex symbol. Instead, William Baldwin becomes a sex symbol. Oh, <laughs> no, no. That never happens. Baldwin Jelena. <laughs> Baldwin producing all these movies? Oh, God. No, it would be awful. The actors, the three actors, Kurt Russell, Scott Glenn, and Stephen Baldwin, did so many of their own stunts that they were credited as stunt performers on this movie. Nice. Yeah, which is pretty cool. That seems pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. I, I also think it's kind of stupid. Uh, yeah, like, they, they, they all got burned. They almost yeah. died. Yeah, like normal normal stunts are like falling off something or someone like punching you and you you know, react to that. And so the worst you can do is get punched. This, you, you can die. Yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know if I'd be the... I mean, there's a lot of machismo when it comes to that oh, sort man. of... Yeah, this whole know, movie is machismo. I did my own stunts. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, yeah, and that is like all about the, like these are dudes, these are bros broing it up. There are no lady firefighters. There are no lady firefighters. There is no understanding or empathy or even sympathy in this movie. Like uh, Kurt Russell has a guy under him die because of the person lighting fires, and all his fire people are like, "It's because of you. It's your fault." I'm like, "Well, maybe." I don't know, maybe you just give him a break because it's hard to do what he's doing and, like, he's already beating himself up enough. Yeah, that, that, I didn't really buy that a note because I sort of think that the firefighters would sort of rally around him yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I know. Those, like, they painted as such, like, a community. I know, and then they all turn their backs on him for or, one scene. Or a brotherhood. <laughs> it's definitely... There's no sisters, so... Because you see, there's also that, like, moment, the last part at the end where William Baldwin has become the firefighter Mm -hmm. after the post-prologue, and there's the guy who doesn't know how to do up his jacket, and he's like, hey, like this, you're doing that wrong. Yeah. Just like his brother did. And that, uh, that, that person is Greg Wyden. Oh. The screenwriter of this, of this movie, and a former firefighter. Really? Yeah, he was, he firefought for, uh, six months. That's that's all he did. But still, you know, you learn a lot doing that. Yeah, but didn't I read that he based this off of a friend of his that died? One of the people that he fought fires with died in a fire, yes, and uh, died in a backdraft, to be exact. Shit. And so he knew that person, and, and they died, and so uh, that helped him, you know, kind of come up with a story. Yeah, and, maybe he and didn't want to be a firefighter anymore after his friend died. Well, he was... If my friend died podcasting. <laughs> he always wanted to be his... <laughs> what are you going to do? Play, watch out! Put, put the lighter away, Rob! The heavy curtains. <laughs> no, he, he paid his way through through screenwriting school by being a firefighter, so he always kind of wanted to, wow. to, to be a... Some people only want to be a firefighter, and he's like, nah, that's my B plan. So he also, when he pitched this, he pitched this to Dino De Laurentiis. Right. Yeah, which is really interesting. Right as the company was going under, and apparently Dino De Laurentiis said, uh, it's a good thing the story is good because uh, you're such a horrible speaker. Like, really hated the pitch, apparently. Wow. But they bought it, and then and then Ron Howard picked it up when the company went under. Right. So but he's written other movies. He also famously wrote... There can only be one Highlander. Oh yeah, and he writes all the Highlander stuff. Highlander Two: The Quickening. Yeah, where I guess they're aliens. They yeah, in the future. That one's in the future. We have to talk about Highlander. Oh god, yeah. I can't believe we haven't talked about Highlander. We got, uh, Highlander Two. I watched so much as a kid. Anyway, we got to talk about it at some point. Yeah, and the final cut of this movie, they all watched Skywalker Ranch. Wow. With George Lucas. Wow. Which is, because ILM did so much of the effects on this movie, all the model work, which is really cool. And yeah, and back to the stunts. The stunts, I think, were in this movie were just incredible. They were uh, amazing from start to finish. I, I mean, it's amazing that nobody died. It's, yes, yes, that I could find in my, in my research. <laughs> the, the That's movie right, studio they just incinerated the body. Might, <laughs> might have buried this. Have you seen William Baldwin since? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a <laughs> there's a conspiracy theory that people can latch onto. Yeah. So you say final cut of this movie. I think they could have done another one or two because it's a long movie. It's a long movie. Two hours and twenty minutes. Why? Didn't need to be that long. It absolutely didn't. They could have cut like an hour out of this movie. Like an hour of William Baldwin sucking at firefighting would have been appropriate. Yeah. Or just like looking off like semi pained. He does that a lot. 
Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know, like, this movie tries to be, like, really big and epic and emotional. Yeah. But I find that most of the emotional scenes don't really work that well. The fire scenes work fine. Uh, yeah, I, I find that, like, everything Kurt Russell does just seems so great because he's acting opposite the Baldwin, who, who's not he's not great in this movie. And that's why I feel like he hasn't, you know, done more. Uh, but... Kurt Russell's awesome in this movie, I, I feel. There's a whole scene where he jumps out of a window, down a fire escape, over a low-hanging building, and then up to the camera, hits his mark, and the entire time he's delivering a monologue. It's like, mm-hmm. this is, he's great. He's well, really good. While the thing. <laughs> yeah, while well, killing the thing <laughs> um, with fire. Uh, so he, he does really, really well. And I thought Jennifer Jason Lee did pretty well, although she had like three minutes on screen to do well with. Yeah. And yeah, there's some weird sex on top of a fire truck. Oh, my God. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Like. That's probably how my dad was conceived. (laughs) (laughs) On top of a fire truck. It's going to a fire call. Yeah. Has to jump down, hose out of fire. And then he's just like, howdy, boys. He doesn't even work for that fire station. He doesn't work for the fire station. Jennifer Jason Lee is like, oh, you. Is that not dangerous? Should they not be arresting him or something? I feel like if I was her, I'd be, like, mortified that they got like, doing something on top of the truck. Oh, yeah, and then, like, the hose, like, gets her bra, and, like, somebody's like, hey, what's this? <laughs> She's like, bras are expensive. Wah, wah. Please, I need my bra. <laughs> Give it back to me. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. movie has a lot, though, about, like, family. And, like, legacy and, like, brotherhood. And it's sort of really interesting the way that, like, the casting plays with that, too, which we sort of hinted about. Because, obviously, like, the Baldwin Mm -hmm. is part of a Baldwin dynasty. Exactly. Like, there's Alec Baldwin, etc. Baldwin. Yeah, Dweezil Baldwin. But also the Sutherlands. We know there's Kiefer, Donald, Shirley MacLaine, the Howards. Rance, Opie. Oh, and of course, <laughs> right. we have the Clint ob- Howard. obligatory Clint yeah. Howard cameo as the coroner. Mm-hmm. And he's awesome. I love Clint Howard. He should be in more things. Well, he's in all of Ron Howard's movies. And I think And that's it. Well, this is what I this is what I wonder, because this movie, you know, it seems like Ron Howard's really working through some like sibling stuff yeah. here. Is Clint Howard some sort of bullying, oppressive, older brother, and he's, like, forcing Ron to put him in all of his movies? Oh, I thought it was the other way around. I thought Ron was like, you know... Give me a role in Apollo 13 or I'll give you a bloody nose. <laughs> I want to put on glasses and a headset, <laughs> I'll tell you. <ya. laughs> I, I kind of figured it was the other way around where Ron was like, hey, uh, you know, you're my older brother. You could have done something, but uh, I'm going to put you in my movies. I'm going to put you in, in place, you know? Uh, but it might be just helping out and being on on set and being like, this is my brother, and it's nice to have my brother on set. I'm sure yeah. it's something nice, because Ron Howard is known for being a very nice director. He is known for being nice. Did you watch the last season of Arrested Development? Uh, no. Because, like, haven't. he was the narrator. I mean, yeah. he produced it, and then he stepped in to narrate it. And yeah. then, like, they kept making jokes about him narrating it because yeah. he was Opie. And then he came in at one point. Yeah, and then he came in. He, like, made a cameo, I think, at the end of the last season, the last episode. And then in the fourth season, they sort of 
brought in like some other stuff. And then in the fifth season, there's like this whole storyline with like a fictional daughter who's on drugs, who's like dating Jason Bateman's character. Oh, and yeah. all the Howards are in it, and they go to like a Howard family barbecue. <laughs> it's fucking weird. <laughs> that is weird. It's like meta. It's way too meta. It's too Howard. Yeah. That's like, a lot of Howard. I used to be like, oh. Here's, like, a charming guy. I'm glad that he has, like, a career, and he's really made it, and he's made something, you know, special of himself, and it's neat to see him on this, like, fun show. It's a neat little thing. Yeah. But now it's, like, it's become, like, some sort of he looks Charlie scared. Kaufman <laughs> sort of nightmare yeah. that we're witnessing. Oh, my God. This is really affecting you. I, I think that he, like, Ron Howard, if, if he's working out his issues through his productions, like he seems to be doing through this movie— he seems like he's having a breakdown. <laughs> Who am I? Am I me? Am I me on Arrested Development? Did I have Arrested Development? He wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, did, did you think he was a good director in this movie, though? Well, I think Ron Howard has a reputation for making sort of passable, rousing, but not very deep or, you know, exceptional movies. And I think this movie does, like, a lot of interesting things. I like to see the world of the firefighters. I like to see all the, like... It's very spectacular, the way that the flames look, though it doesn't... I I feel like that's not really what a fire looks like. Right. Like, you know... It's weird, though, because... I've lit a few, and (laughs) in my experience, it's a lot darker. There's more smoke. The way that the flames lick up the walls is completely different. Yeah. I mean, they did have, like, bursts of, like flamethrowers and stuff in there coming and sometimes over sometimes there the was, sides. like, it seemed like, uh, like, fireworks. There were scenes where it looked like they were literally shooting off, like, old Fourth of July fireworks <laughs> with, like, yeah. <laughs> colors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe they exhausted their fire supply, and they're like, uh, gotta dig deep. It was a bit much. Okay, I really liked the fire. I thought the fire did a really good job. I, th- I think the story and the direction did a really good job of of making the fire seem like a character in mm-hmm. this movie that we were kind of afraid of. Well, they it's... try to almost sort of make it like the fire is alive. Yeah, definitely. I I felt like they succeeded like at that when I was a kid, and maybe I'm a little more I don't know jaded now. They didn't yeah. succeed so much at that uh, upon rewatching it. But I do think the fire, like the stunts, the fire. I thought all that really worked. Very mm-hmm. well. And I think the story still hand, holds up. Like, the twists of it being his brother and then not his brother, and then the guy, that guy knowing that they know, and that all going down in, like, the span of five minutes, it was kind of cool. It was fun stuff. Yeah. I'm not sure how much I buy the fireman guy was the guy lighting the fires. Like, it seemed like a plot that wasn't necessary, like, in order to make this firefighter movie, which is essentially about brothers bonding you know, in this extreme job, we have to make a villain, and there's got to be a twist. Yeah. You know, it's so 80s thriller, it's not even, you know. Yeah, and even going back to, like, the fire bug to find out how this other person lit the fires. Oh, that's totally Hannibal Lecter. It's Silence of the Lambs, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I kind of feel like it might have, I don't know. Uh, but it, it's a bit derivative. It, yeah, it seems like it's borrowing heavily from other other places. But I did like the look at the community, and like it is such a like interesting looking career, you know. Yeah, and you imagine yourself like you know having to carry the fifty pound hoses and putting all that stuff on you and being in like the black smoke, and you're like, I couldn't do that. Yeah, 
Yeah, I know. It seems it seems pretty tough. I did I did also like the camaraderie in the station. I thought they got the kind of jockiness of it really really good. That whole speech that Axe gives and he just lays out everyone's emotional baggage onto the table. <laughs> I, I thought it was really good. I thought it it felt real and it felt of the world. Uh, so I thought the screenwriter did a good job yeah. there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Would you ever want to be a fireman? Did you? Uh, you said you wanted to be one as a kid, but did you? You know, did you ever want to follow up on that? No, I'm pretty much into the uh, non-burning careers at this point. <laughs> okay. I sweet. want. I want something where like I'm gonna die of like you know, gradual, like, you know, sitting. Right. You know, like they say sitting's going to kill us. That's how I want to go. Heart attack or respiratory Well, th- No, no, that sounds <laughs> awful. I just want to die of sitting. Okay, okay, okay. You don't, I don't know if you quite get what sitting does to, that's fine. Yeah, you can die of sitting. It's going to be, it's going to be a pleasant way to die go. Of sitting. It's going to be pleasant. That's good. I don't want to. Burst of bubble. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like firefighting would be so much fun. Fun? To a point, right? Like, you get to, like, hang out. Uh, there's right. a fire hall right down the road from me, and they're all, like, hanging out. Yeah. You know, washing stuff on the on the tarmac. Smoking cigarettes. Yeah. They have, like, a gas-lit lamp outside there. It's nice. It's, it seems like a nice job. Nobody loves fire more than firemen, yeah. which is actually what this movie gets wrong. Because Donald Sutherland's like, he doesn't love the fire. He won't let it go free. But yeah. firemen... They fucking love fire. You gotta, you gotta love the fire to understand it. Yeah. Uh, we don't know. We're yeah. talking at our ass. But yeah, did you think this movie was rewatchable? I I'm gonna say mildly rewatchable because I did find it. It was way too long, and honestly, like it doesn't sustain itself throughout that. But I do think it. There's lots of interesting stuff in it. I don't think William Baldwin's that bad. I think he's serviceable. He's just, like, nothing special. And there's, like, a lot of really good actors in this movie. Yeah. So yeah. it's tricky. Yeah, okay. You know? But uh, I think it's good. I'm glad that I rewatched it. I probably won't need to watch it again. But, you know, I'll keep the flame alive. <laughs> you torch lit for this, yeah. this movie? Yeah, I I found that it rekindled a little bit of my oh, my joy in this spark. movie. Yeah, uh, it uh, it was a it was a warm feeling to go back to. I liked the storyline of it, and I thought that Kurt Russell. I kind of want to watch more Kurt Russell movies now. He was he was really cool. Was he in other movies? I think he might be in some other movies. I don't know. Huh. So I'm gonna say it's rewatchable, and I think that if you haven't seen it in a long while, it does pay off to kind of yeah. rewatch it. Though if there is a better edited version out there it is so long yeah yeah maybe put it on when you're like packing boxes to move or something like it's not you don't need to pay attention to it all the time or while you're you know pouring the kerosene around your apartment to light it on fire (laughs) right yeah then they know it was you but like ah it was he was halfway through a vhs of backdraft backdraft Thank you That's so ironic. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Rewatchability this week. You can uh, go to rewatchability.com to check out the rest of our episodes. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rewatchability, on Twitter at rewatchability, and go to patreon.com if you want to give us uh, a buck or two a month to keep this podcast going. Yeah. Let's burn this place to the ground. <laughs> Let's burn it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.